0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster with InCreative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking to some of the fantastic women of Netflix's Bridgerton. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Nicola Coughlin. Golda Rochevel and Sharitha Chandran. And Nicola, I wanted to start with a question for you in terms of talking about some of your character arc throughout this season, because obviously we had the really great reveal at the end of season one about Penelope being Lady Whistledown. And so in the first season, when you look back, there's a lot of moments where you're very much on the periphery of scenes and very close to a lot of conversations. And then in this season, there's the real opportunity to be much closer to other characters in a lot of these scenes for the audience but it still has to be done in a way in which the other characters won't cotton on to what's going on and so I was interested in how that really affected a lot of the blocking and choreography of scenes for you in season two.
1: Yeah it was a huge difference between season one and two I think in season one it was an interesting challenge playing a character that is very introverted and there's so much going on but it's all going on in her head so you don't see it so it was quite a treat this time actually to be able to play some of that out and have this sort of alter ego that she had in which you know she felt like she could be more confident it's sort of like I think of it like her drag persona in a sense (laughs) you know that she gets to go and she dresses up and puts this voice on and it's how what drag queens talk about themselves they're like you know you know and she's the fiercest thing and she's this and she's that and yeah that's sort of how I felt about it but I think a lot of it as well this time was about including it in the shots whereas last season it was me sort of Deciding moments at which I'd be like, oh, this scene is about the Duke and Daphne, but may I be in the back, Mm -hmm. just just like a sliver of me? And, you know, it couldn't be too much because you had to leave people guessing, but this time it was just all out and so much fun.
0: That's wonderful. I love that description. And Golda, for you, you're playing a character who oftentimes is very expressive verbally, but there's a lot of times where because of protocol, there's certain things that she can't say out loud. And so you're so beautifully expressive in your performance. And I was interested in when you first took on this role in this character, how you really determined a lot of those elements of expression within your performance.
2: Yeah, I come from most of my roles uh, from instinct uh, and a lot of it is on the page. Chris Van Dusen is a brilliant uh, showrunner and writer. And um, because Queen Charlotte wasn't in the books, I didn't read any of the books. The scripts were really, really important for me and how you know she came across and how she interacted with people. And I love that um, in the moments where she does not speak, there is a lot going on. Um, and I think that's about listening. I think that's about status. I think that's about... Um, you know, empowering the world around her so that it will talk to her and have conversations with her without words being said, do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's kind of similar to Lady Whistledown in the kind of all seeing, um, being very present and uh, being a
0: voyeur and witnessing things that happen. Um, Yeah. That also brings me over uh, to you Tarithra because there's so many wonderful moments within the sibling relationship that you get to play alongside Simone Ashley where they're exchanging all these quiet looks because there's so many things that they don't have to say out loud to one another because of their relationship and so how did the two of you work together to really figure out a lot of those non-verbal elements of your performances together in the show?
3: Yeah absolutely I mean it's something crazy like 70% of our communication is non-verbal so you know, and I think especially with Edwina, she doesn't say as much as some of the other characters, so a lot of it is in her body language and how she's kind of reacting to other people. And I think for Simone and I, it was just about really getting to know each other as well and talking through exactly what uh, Kate and Edwina's relationship is like. Even the things that aren't explicitly written in the scripts. Mm-hmm. Or um, we created our own background. So, you know, we created various scenarios of, at this age, this happened between Kate and Edwina and this is how they reacted. So we just really created a rich history for them.
0: One of the other relationship dynamics that I wanted to talk about for you, Nicola, was that moment where Colin and Penelope see each other again for the first time. Obviously, they've been writing letters to one another. She's still not really revealing her true feelings for him yet. And so in terms of the trajectory between those two characters, between the first season and where we pick up in season two, how did the two of you really determine what you wanted that particular moment to be like on screen when they first see each other again?
1: Well, it was lovely because it's sort of a progression that's happened in that time period, you know, that you kind of see, I always view Penelope as a writer sort of first and foremost, because she's she reminds me of a lot of writers I know in that. You know she has all of these voices and worlds living inside her, and the way she can express herself she can do it far more comfortably through the page than she can do in person mm-hmm. so I think it 's really beautiful very that that 's how their relationship has progressed, very good, yeah. you know because they she can express herself more, and I feel like it 's really lovely because she has so many different sides to her personality, but I feel like you see a really true side of her with Colin because they 've like developed sort of little in jokes and ways of <laughs> and I was speaking with Luke earlier, and we said they sort of They've got such a sweet relationship because I think they really make each other laugh. And they will be the two at the edge of the ballroom sort of poking fun at other people (laughs) and sort of... um, So it was lovely. And that scene, when he comes back in, it just makes your heart
2: sore. It's so huge for the audience as well. You feel the whole audience going...
1: (gasps) He's back, yeah. But it's
2: so truthful in the way that it's written as well. There's Gorgeous. something that you can really hold on to as human beings in the world. We've all felt that emotion. Of course we have. When you see somebody that just makes your heart, yeah, you know.
1: And it's just a real, and she just truly loves him so much,
2: yeah.
1: you know. And yeah, it's just it was just beautiful. And he's just such a joy, isn't he? He's just the loveliest person. So yeah, the, filling those scenes with him is always
3: just a delight. And there's so much chemistry yeah. there. Like there's just oh, so much. a connection. It's amazing. Really good.
0: And also for you, Nicola, you know, similar to what Charitha was saying in terms of developing the sibling relationship, did you yeah. and Luke want to have conversations and talk about what did you think was in those letters? What were the things that they were sharing with one another? We
1: did. And I think it was the sort of I love the way it was written and I love that scene where they get to talk at the races it's the first time they've talked where you can see oh it's not quite the same they've sort of leveled up a little bit yeah. but then <laughs> it then goes back to being in person it's sort of like internet dating in a way of like oh it's going to be a lot more awkward when, when these things happen i actually seeing you in I'm person I'm actually seeing you know, I have yeah, to yeah, be aware yeah. of my head and my yeah. body and everything that's happening so yeah and we did and the surrounding and like yeah and the eyes of you. everyone absolutely, absolutely. Mm. so yeah we did but I think we both very much love that relationship and we just want to see it happen so but it's it's such a sweet stage now but like you said we can all relate to that unrequited love and yeah she just sees him as just this perfect person i think she needs to stop seeing him as so perfect and see him as human (laughs) but that's all to come
0: And for you, Golda, there's so many instances for your character where the relationship dynamics are really interesting because she's talking to people and she's holding court. So the dynamic is almost feeling very surface level in terms of the the types of conversations they could have. And then that's why it's so great to watch moments like the dynamic with Lady Danbury, and that's someone that she's able to let her guard down with a lot more. And so how have you wanted to view and shape these two different dynamics of expression within her as a character within relationships?
2: Well, I think it would have been really, really easy to create a character that was one dimensional, do you know what I mean? That goes to the balls, that's very surface. But I'm so grateful for Chris and the writers room for making and creating a well-rounded character Mm -hmm. that we can all relate to, you know, that is larger than life, Mm -hmm. you know, in many of the circumstances that you see her, but then you can tap into her vulnerability, which makes her relatable. You know, and the vulnerability with the king and all that, that kind of behind the scenes uh, personal stuff is really important. But also, as you mentioned with Lady Danbury, they're mates. You know, they go back a long way, Mm -hmm. they have a shorthand. Um, So it's really nice to see. I don't know, older women as well, kind of connecting with each other and just having a laugh, having a cup of tea and discussing what's going on in the world that they're inhabiting. Um, And, yeah, it's, it's really empowering, I think, for the audience and us as creators to have that.
0: And Charitha, coming back to you, there's so many ways in which your character could have been written and explored in a very one-dimensional way, but she's someone who's so layered and textured and and has so much autonomy within herself, even though she's on a path of, of procuring potential marriage for both herself and her family, she still has a lot of verition within those conversations. She talks very openly about what she needs that relationship dynamic to be, what she expects from a partner. And so how did you make sure that this was a character that really came across with, with a lot of autonomy within herself, even within this journey of marriage at that particular time? Well,
3: I think it's, it's really interesting because I for Edwina, I think actually getting to that stage is a journey, right? Um, she's grown up um, under the care of her mum and mainly her sister and you know I think she, in the safety net of being back in India away from the ton, mm. she could she could rely on her sister to make every decision and when at, in the first few moments of the show with Edwina, you do see that, you mm. see her take mm-hmm. a back step in her life and I actually think the turning point becomes end of episode 2 where she decides actually do you know what, this is my life and this is yeah. It's under my control and you start to see her make those decisions. Um, and I think it comes from a place of like actually survival, mm, right? Yeah. Like very she good. needs yes. to, she, it's very something good. that she's doing because she has to do it. Mm-hmm. She has to secure a match, she has to find mm-hmm. a partner. and. You know, it's really easy to see Edwina as a character that's all about romantic love, and I think she's far more practical than that. Yeah, Mm. It's something that she wants, but she also recognises the practical relevance of finding a good suitor.
2: But also the kind of um, finding love for her, not finding love for somebody else. Do you know what I mean? There's that moment Mm -hmm. where you you do go, I want this for me.
3: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's like, as well all of the female characters that she interacts with on the show reinforce her yes. sort of, mm. um, help her find her autonomy, like particularly the scenes that she has with the queen. I, they were some of my favorite scenes Mine to shoot. Too, yeah. mm. Because you see the most important woman in the country with someone pretty low on the ton social ladder, meeting really on almost connecting. an equal footing. Yeah. Really connecting
2: yeah. and understanding each other's journey. Absolutely. And teaching. I mean, we discussed that one, and I Mm. never wanted it to be a kind of teacher-student. I wanted it to to be kind of sensei. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There there was something bigger, there was something more spiritual about it that I was learning from Edwina, Edwina, do you know what I mean? And there was a passing of feminine energy uh, uh, that that was Mm -hmm. being created Mm -hmm. in that scene, yeah.
3: It was very revealing
0: for both of our characters. Absolutely, yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah.
0: I mean, that also makes me wanna ask the two of you about that moment in episode six, where they're having a conversation together in the midst of that, will the marriage happen or or will it not dynamic? It's a really beautiful conversation between the two of you and and also for you Golda, it's a moment where it's less about the formality of her position again, and it's more about the person standing in front of her. And so how did the two of you work to really find that connection between your two characters for that particular scene?
2: Yeah, we did a bit of work on it. And mm. We did a bit of work on it. And I think there was, you know, to give you a kind of insight, we we had a COVID scare just before we filmed it. We tried to film it the first time around and then never got to do it. So we had to kind of delay mm. um, delay it for about a month, maybe six weeks, yeah, something like so. that. Mm. Um, so then, and we had to revisit it with a different director. Um, oh, of course you <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, yes. yeah, remember. Crazy. And so... It, that kind of for me, that kind of added to the the juiciness of the of the scene because I felt as though I was kind of waiting for this spiritual connecting moment mm. with you know uh, Edwina, and then when we finally got to do it, it was just so glorious, mm. and I think both of us were kind of i don 't know the release of it was really mm. beautiful. And to spend a little bit more time with it as well, I think was really interesting that we had that extra six weeks
3: Mm -hmm. to kind of go a little bit deeper into it for both of us. And Golda and I's relationship, you know, off-screen progressed as well. We got to know each other more. And actually, I mean, I hope Golda agrees, our relationship off-screen very much sort of mirrors what happens in that scene between the Queen and Edwina. Golda's such a guiding light for me in this industry because I'm so new to it and so I think we brought some of our own do, personal yeah. relationship to it which made it feel all the more special like yeah. you could just feel that kind of connection and that buzz when we were
0: doing it. And the it.
2: respect I think is really mm. important. I have a great deal of respect for Taritha. Oh,
0: same pair. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, you I'm fangirling and, and you're good. Stuff.
2: Thank you. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> we've known each other a bit longer. You know I mean? we're kind of yeah 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 we yeah. we can we can do other things <laughs> yes. you know? but uh yeah 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 it was a really important uh relationship in yeah in this season
0: yeah I mean, Dickler and Golda, because you had the experience of, of coming back for season two, working with so many of the same cast members, so many of the same crew members from season one. Was there a difference in that experience of walking back onto set on the very first day in how everybody creatively collaborated and just the shorthand that you all had at that point?
1: One hundred percent. It was. A, do you know what? Coming back, a lot of people think you know it was intimidating. It actually, weirdly, what well, I didn't find it Absolutely intimidating, not. and I didn't yeah. find anyone. No, it's funny though because you'd imagine yeah. it would be, but it was more so like I know what we're doing now. Yeah. I totally get what this is and now we can really fly yeah. we can go mm-hmm. and you get the tone and you get you know and then you, you, to find those moments of levity, and and then the really serious moments and everything in between you know and it's a, sh- a show that has such joy within it and it was allowing ourselves to sort of revel and find that joy in it too so yeah I yeah I, and
2: it, it's a real ensemble it is show yeah you know yes, we have our individual characters, mm-hmm. and they all have their story, mm-hmm. but it really has the feel of a family mm-hmm. and an ensemble experience we most of us come from theater, yeah, so uh you know that that kind of grounding in theater has really fed through into this show, which is really great, yeah.
0: Does it also feed through in terms of the way a lot of you work on scenes together and other similar sensibilities in a lot of the stylistic technique that you all have together? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All of that knowledge is brought.
3: I also think there's no egos because we really do approach it like in theatre, like a company. Mm -hmm. So there have been many scenes where I would ask scene partners like, oh, what do you think of this? How do you think of this? And Mm. you'd get honest responses. So, yeah, there's. The dialogue the is so weekends. great uh, at yeah. being yeah.
2: storytelling, I think, for us. You know, we're all about the story.
3: I think
1: it's different in a sense to theatre, though, because it's very much like you have to hit the ground running. We yeah. don't get rehearsal time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, the big, yeah. big difference. So, I, But I think having that training behind us just sort of bolsters you a little yeah. bit and goes, mm. you know, and it's it's a long shoot. It's like seven, eight months, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. So to have the stamina, I think, that you build by doing live theatre. Eight theater, shows a week. Eight <laughs> shows a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's no yeah. joke. And yeah. it, you know, and it takes up your whole life and in a lot of ways Bridgerton does it take up your whole life because we were filming during Covid Mm. we had no lives most of us you know I was too scared to shut production down so yeah but I think having that behind you and then also knowing what a privilege is to be on a set like this and, you know, having come to, do, you know, doing touring theatre and loading flats into, yes, the, back into the back of a van after a and show. And, and, and
2: Putting up the lights, Yeah, absolutely. The lights. Like all
1: that kind of stuff. I think then when you, re- you realise how privileged, I can't say the word today, <laughs> privileged. I can't say it, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, to be on a show like this where, you know, you have the most amazing people around you all the time. You have so much mm. support. and But, yeah, you've got to be ready to be there and be ready and go.
0: Yeah. And also in, in terms of the idea of hitting the ground running and having very little rehearsal time, I know that when you were filming season one, the scripts were still being written as you were filming. Was that also the case in, in season two? And, and how much opportunity did you have to have conversations with Chris Van Dusen, who's the showrunner, in terms of the information you wanted to know and also how much is useful to know for you for your performance?
2: Yeah, I I don't like
0: knowing, Do you if not? I'm honest.
2: I'm so I nosy. Yeah, I want to know I, everything. I, I yeah, don't like it. knowing because I think it's... Because I work from instinct, Mm -hmm. it just, yeah, I want that to be, and I love playing, and the immediacy of instinct and play is really interesting to me. So, yeah, yeah, I'd be... I think
1: it, it, do you know what, it makes you so invested because we're sort of getting them drip-fed to us in a way. We got episodes, I don't remember the, like, we got them in order, but we got sort of one and two, then three and four, and as time went on, and then we were all, like, theorizing what we thought was going to happen yeah. towards the end and there was little sort of easter eggs that you go does that mean it's going to lead to this with this or does it mean but Chris is so wonderful and was so open to always talking to us and Luke yeah,
2: if like, you want to know if you want to know the door he, is open yeah and it's and such a nice thing yeah absolutely. and he's very
3: accessible yeah so if you would just send him an email or a quick text being like hey I really need a chat you'll hear from him very quickly yeah. And he's he's an he's a very open person yeah.
0: Also, in terms of external elements, wanted to talk a little bit about costumes specifically. You've got Queen Charlotte, who's wearing a lot of very formal (laughs) Regal pieces. Penelope, on the other hand, complaining about being dressed in yellow by her mother. So the clothes she's wearing aren't even an expression of herself. And then with Edwina, there's a lot of formality to some of the outfits that she has to wear at certain engagements because all of the eyes are on her. And so how do these elements of costume really inform certain moments in terms of character and performance for all of you, particularly even when you put the costume on because it even just makes you hold yourself differently
2: 100% right
3: really really intensely for me it's how I hold myself so as soon as I put on the outfit my whole body language changes like for example I'm a massive fidgeter in real life like I'll always be moving something Mm -hmm. and as soon as I've got the corset and the dress on I just sort of maintain Mm -hmm. the stillness that is associated with the regency period so for me it's so much of my process of getting into character
1: it's costumes are we are really privileged to wear the costumes that we do because everything is completely custom Mm. and it's a thing that i love so much about this show is that you see creative people given the free reign and the budget frankly to create what their wildest imaginations can conceive and sophie canale who designed season two was part of the team on season one and seeing her rise up to that challenge and just knock it out of the park was amazing but yeah, it's every part of it. I mean, the fabrics are draped on us, so you can see how it goes, mm. you know, with the hair color, there's a room for embellishment, and there's always a reason behind everything. And certainly with Penelope it's interesting because yeah, she doesn't like she doesn't like wearing yellow. But then you know it comes to a point you want to see her maturing. So they're like, "Okay, we're doing yellow, but we're doing a more refined." And you know, you start to see even through this season in the beginning, she still has like the crazy hair accessories and the tight <laughs> curls. Yeah. But then they sort of just made her a little bit more refined, and it's her way of asserting herself. But it's interesting, I think, that her sort of alter ego wears Bridget in blue. I'm like, that's such a telling, oh, you know? That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: that's so good. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, for me, it's storytelling. Fashion is mm-hmm. storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, The costumes tell a story. The wigs tell a story. Mm -hmm. And you are part of that story and inhabiting the story. So, um, yeah. I call my things works of art. They are works they are, of art. Those really guys. When Golda, who wa- make those when Golda
1: look. walks into a room, like it is such a it's, show-stopping moment. <laughs> really, yeah. That wig really you is. have, that's got like the, it looks like
3: roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so
2: unbelievably amazing. And the artistry that
1: goes yeah.
3: into
2: all of that is just incredible.
3: It takes approximately forty days from design to end product for one Wondrous. of our dresses, and we each have maybe fifty, yeah, like yeah. A across a the eight episodes. Lot. So yeah, it's very very talented people doing their beautiful
0: Mm. imaginative minds yeah incredible Golda, i'm so glad that you mentioned the wigs because because as you're saying they really are pieces of artistry and i know that you said that going into season two that the team working on these pieces are incredibly collaborative and and there's a lot of opportunity to have conversations about the detailing and so what are those conversations that you've been having in terms of the details that are going into these exquisite pieces
2: yeah, um, absolutely. The, the, the first conversation is we have to, um, Ed, I think it's Edwardian, no, Georgian, it's Georgian. Mm-hmm. So the, the, uh, the outside or the structure needs to be Georgian because that is the period. But what happens in and around it is up for grabs and is all about imagination. Um, so yeah, as you say, this season, uh, I've been able to collaborate with, um, Erica, who's our, uh, costume, uh, wig designer and Emma and, uh, the, the gang there. So it's been really nice to go in and just kind of go, oh yeah, what about this? What about that? Mm-hmm. And add it. And, but also to kind of collaborate with the, the, the weight of it all and how, how I need help with that the actress needs help with Mm -hmm. that Um, and to find a way to make huge pieces of art but keep them um, weightless is that the right way of saying it do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so for them I I feel really blessed and, and grateful that they kind of took that into consideration and came up with other ways of creating the insides and and using other materials to create the framework of the the wigs and stuff. So that's been fascinating to learn. And I think fascinating for the crew, for the gang to learn as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just shows the depth of um, passion that they have about the show and about the look of the show and and the wigs.
0: And Nicola, coming back to something that you were touching upon earlier in terms of with Penelope and the different signs of her personality that come out through some of the different dynamics, mm-hmm. obviously who she is with Colin, there's who she is as Lady Whistledown, there's the real romanticism yeah. within her friendship with Eloise, and then also even the dynamic of who she is within her family is a different space. And it's it's not about her becoming a different person in each yeah. of these instances, but about which aspects and facets of her come to the foreground. And, and as an actor, how does that really allow you the opportunity to explore so many different spaces within your character in exploring all these different facets and textures at different moments yeah. within these dynamics. Very good, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 100%, you know what, this time was so fun to get to the because it was something different every day. And I enjoy playing all the different little sides of her because also she's, she's so young, she's at an age where she doesn't really know who she is yet. But then I thought it was always important to show the side of her that's still like a teenager. You know, she's home with her family. She's being sort of ratty and mm. sort of biting back at her mom and this. And I never want to portray her as this sort of sweet angel because I don't think that she is. I think she's very complex and very contradictory in a lot of ways. I always see her as a character who has things in little boxes and stacks them up in a very rickety shelf. And she goes <laughs> like that. But I'm like, that shelf's going to collapse on you someday. You know, because she... And she, I think she enjoys... Of course, she enjoys the secrecy of of Whistledown. But then she also has... a. I think there's a level of arrogance to her this yeah. time round, which makes sense because she has become the most famous woman in London. She's got all this money, but nobody knows. But that will seep in. You know, I think she likes to think of Whistledown as a separate thing. It's not. It's still, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, still yeah, within yeah. her. And I think mm. there's a lot of Portia Featherington in her. So this time round, I watched Polly a lot and I was like <laughs> I tried to incorporate like certain things certain Portia Featherington-isms so cool. really cool. you know yeah. into it because I feel like a lot of the sassiness of Down comes from hearing her mother <laughs> her speak mother like <laughs> yeah, yeah you right. know yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 but it was it was challenging <clears throat> filming those scenes with Claudia because you know on a human level I go she's lying so much mm. and how does she you know Marley it's so it's so weird but you go she's just lying to herself as well she's lying to herself because yeah, yeah, she goes was. well I'm not Whistle Down now
3: I'm just Penelope now, I'm just my friend. But you go, no, no you're not. But it's also about survival, like all these women Mm -hmm. surviving in this patriarchal society Mm -hmm. and doing what they need to do to survive. Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: That's also very true for Edwina and and in one of the moments that I wanted to ask you about was that point at which she thinks that Anthony's going to propose to her and he doesn't. And her response is actually showing us the amount of pressure that she's been holding on herself because she thinks it's about mistakes that she's made, things that she should have done differently, things that she didn't do along the way. Um, And I thought that was such an interesting aspect of character to get to explore. And so what are the facets that that really allowed you to find within her at that point?
3: Well, I think I sort of thought of it as this is like her Olympics. (laughs) Like all of her life, every single decision that she has made has been to find a suitable English gentleman to marry, Mm -hmm. right? It's all of her training, it's all of her commitment. And it's almost like she got disqualified because of a false start. Wow. Right? It's like, it's
2: like. Do you know what I mean?
3: It's like, oh my goodness. Everything that I've been working towards is gone. And I've lost it. And that means that, and that's her identity as well. Her identity is connected to her task at hand. Mm. So she's not only lost the race, essentially, but she's lost herself. Because if I'm not the diamond, if I'm not a good match for someone, then who am I? Mm -hmm. So while that is like a moment of pressure, it's also the moment of like the start of her next journey. Very good. Which is like taking control of her narrative. Very good. And defining it in a different way. The
2: crossroads. And then you, yeah, you have to decide. Absolutely. Which, and which lane to take? Which and at the end take. of that
3: episode, mm-hmm. the scene where she's crying because you see all the pressure. What I imagined happened in her, like during her sleep when she's yeah. thinking about it. She's going, okay, well that didn't work, and I've got to continue. So I'm gonna, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I've got to take control now, and I've got to make certain decisions, which is what you see in episode four, her sort of take the reins. Brilliant. Aren't they amazing? Aren't they amazing? You're amazing! <laughs>
0: amazing!
2: I love it. Women, women, love women. Come
0: on! I mean, I absolutely love all of the complexities within all of your characters, and I think that's exactly why audiences have connected to the show so much. And it's been such a pleasure to hear about all of the details which go into this. So, thank you so much to all three of you. Thank
1: you so no much. Thank you, you for your thank time. You.